Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're dating, it can be so easy to get caught up in the stress and anxiety of every situation. Why aren't they communicating? Why didn't they text me back? Am I getting ghosted? Why is this happening again? Why can't someone commit? I've asked myself all of these questions too, more times than I can count. You wouldn't believe what happens when you approach these situations with a different mindset and focus on solutions instead of problems. I started therapy because I was so stuck on the problems in my dating life. My therapist helped me learn why I was ending up in the same situations over and over and helped me come up with a different way and a different mindset to approach dating. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. Whether you want to be a better problem solver or a better dater, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash other people today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash other people. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Today we have the wonderful, the fabulous, the brilliant Damona Hoffman as our guest. Damona is absolutely amazing. I think she is one of the most talented, successful people in the dating world. Uh, she is the dating coach for OkCupid. She has been doing her podcast, Dates and Mates, for nine years now. That is nine whole years of seeing the dating world as we know it today unfold. She is a love expert on The Drew Barrymore Show. She is an advice columnist for The LA Times. She has another column in The Washington Post. She is absolutely incredible. And it's funny, we were going to talk about exclusivity and labels specifically on this episode, but as soon as she and I started talking, like the conversation just ran with a million different nuggets of absolute wisdom. And I was like, screw it. This is so much better and so much more important, everything that we're talking about and everything that she has to share. So uh, Demona is going to talk to us about different things with dating apps and sending the first message. And if that first message has to actually say something of substance, or if it can be something witty, or if it has to be a question, she has a really great formula for a first message so that you can feel confident in sending those first messages. Um, we talk about a little bit about what being exclusive really means. And if you can ever assume that you're exclusive with somebody, or if you really need to have that conversation, we talk about how to really not get burnt out from dating and how just committing to being a dater for a bit can actually help you achieve what you want. And there's so much more. So we're going to get right into it and let's do it. Let's, let's get on with this episode. Demona Hoffman, let's rock. And we are here with Demona. Demona, welcome. You are officially a member of the Seeing Other People family. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Don't tell my husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell him that you have another family. Don't worry. That's seeing other people. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so excited to be here, even if your husband is <laughs> excited for you. But I would love if you would start by just introducing yourself quickly, just for the listeners to get a little bit better of an idea of who you are. So yes, I'm a dating and relationship coach. Actually, I'm a certified dating coach. Ooh. Um, but I, I've been, girl, I've been in the game for a minute. Um, I was an early adopter of online dating. And soon after I met said husband, I started coaching people on how to write dating profiles. So that's where I began as a dating profile writer and then became certified as a life coach and then as a dating coach. And so for now, 
Uh, it's been over 15 years that I've actually been coaching people on various aspects of dating. I write for the Washington Post. I write for the LA Times. I have a column called Dear Demona. And my biggest labor of love is my podcast, Dates and Mates, where I address the challenges of modern dating, just like you do. <laughs> you are truly a dating and relationship Swiss army knife. Like there's nothing that you don't do. Oh, I mean, you're being very generous, <laughs> but you know, I, what I, I try to just meet people where they're at and, yeah. um, you know, having, I've been doing dates and mates now for nine years and season nine just launched. And I really try to take a position of listening. What, what are people dealing with? And I've seen a tremendous evolution in, in even just the time since I started my podcast. I mean, I covered the launch of Tinder. And now when you wow. think about it, it's like, oh, Tinder, like, of course, it's just, it's so entrenched in our, in dating culture as a thing. But to think that there was a world that existed in dating before Tinder. Before. So I'm just really interested in the evolution because I think dating apps have changed, changed, let's say, for lack of a more modern word, courtship. I think uh, texting has changed it, social media. There have been so many uh adaptations to dating and relationships. And I just, I really love staying in the conversation and helping people evolve their expectations and get ultimately what they want. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. And that's awesome that you do that. And that's amazing that you've gotten to see so many different evolutions of the dating world. Because I mean, how, whatever, however many years ago you started it, I was like, I, I, did, I wasn't like, dating yet. You were like nine. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, that's really fascinating because I obviously, I've like been able to learn through research and reading and talking to people, but for, for you to really have witnessed all of it and all of the transformations, I think is like, that's just invaluable. The amount of knowledge that you have and, and everything that you've seen and um, helped people through. And I mean, I think it's just really cool that you're still here doing it. And this isn't what I wanted to talk to you about today, but I do have to know, like, do you think dating has gotten easier or harder with the amount of technology, the dating apps, everything that's out there? How has that impacted dating? Uh, both is the answer to your question. <laughs> it has both gotten easier and harder. But here's the thing I want to probably reframe for the audience because I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of your listeners maybe in a period of frustration with dating, dating apps can be very overwhelming and people can be very disappointing. And I just want to acknowledge that. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I also want to acknowledge that we've come a long way in a short time. And as a, I would also classify myself as a feminist coach, um, not I'm not coaching people on feminism. I'm a feminist dating coach where I believe in the definition of feminism is that I believe that women are equal to men. And I believe all genders are equal to all genders. If, if those, if those terms don't, mm -hmm. don't uh, connect for you. So I really see it as a huge opportunity. If you think about like, even, I mean, I'm not that much older, Alana, but <laughs> you think about our parents' generation. No, but you've been doing it for so much longer. I got into I the have. dating world a few years ago. I used to be in the music industry before that. I got, so. I got you, girl. I got you. But uh, I just wanted to make sure your audience knew. I, but I, I did get into it when I was 
when I was pretty young. And I, I think back to my parents' generation and the generation before, and honestly, the lack of opportunity that a lot of particularly women had Mm -hmm. in love. You look at the statistics and a couple generations ago, most women met and married someone who went to their church, lived on their street, knew their mom, like your pool of dating options was minuscule. And it was like, well, I guess like this is fine. He's fine. We'll just, we'll go with this. And now I'm expected to build a life because my livelihood is tied to whoever I choose to partner with. And I have to get married because, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. And to me as a, as a forward thinking feminist, that's just soul crushing to think that I would have not, I would not have choice in who I chose, who I wanted to be with and build my life with. And so now with dating apps, they have expanded your pool from your block to anyone in the entire world. And, and, and Mm -hmm. that you have the opportunity to match someone on so many different levels to me is extraordinary. But of course, more opportunity brings more challenges. And there's I have been teaching people for the last 15 years a process around how to how to expand your dating pool, but then how to filter effectively. I just got a question from a dates and mates listener and she was like, okay, now I signed up for OKCupid. I, you know, I switch, I work with OKCupid as their dating, as their dating coach in-house. And they she was like, I have, have the profile's working. It's going great, but like I'm really overwhelmed and and now I kind of need a pep talk because I don't know what to do. And that's the problem is that we moved so quickly into this new paradigm of dating, but the speed of dating has increased, but we didn't stop to think, hold on, how do we how do we actually do this? How do we adapt to this new opportunity that we have? Yeah, absolutely. And I I do always think about how dating apps kind of just appeared and we had to figure out how to use them. And I know now I feel like all the dating apps are kind of backtracking and being like, okay, how can we actually help our users, which is what you're doing at OkCupid and like what Logan Yuri's doing at Hinge. And I think everyone's really trying to say like, okay, we can't just leave the daters out there to fend for themselves. We really have to help them through it every step of the way. But yeah, it is incredibly tough. And and I going back to what you said about frustration, there's so much of that. And there's so much of like, well, why can everyone else find somebody, but I can't, or there's this many people out there. Why does nobody want to be with me? And I think that's a lot different than back then when you were just getting set up with somebody down the block. And recently I had, um, excuse my grandma, the podcast on with Kim and her grandma, Gail and grandma Gail was talking about how like in the 1950s and sixties, like you would just sit there waiting for somebody to come up to you. And I'm like, so if I was at a bar speakeasy pub, whatever you want to call it. And I saw somebody who I thought was attractive. I couldn't go up to them. She's like, absolutely not. No, you would never do that. That was not a thing that was unheard of. You would sit there and if they were interested, they would come up to you. And I'm like, I would have been a terrible dater back then. Like, yeah, I just I'm sure you would have been fine, but <laughs> I, it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel good to think that you had to be in a position to sit and wait. And yeah. this is another reason why I'm a feminist dating coach. Like I believe it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who approaches. And this is a big thing that I have to reframe for my, for my listeners and daters mm-hmm. because 
We are still playing by old-fashioned rules. We are so addicted to fairy tales. We are predisposed to what our brain, this is brain science right now, our brain likes to complete stories. Mm -hmm. So we want to get to the end. So it feels really frustrating when you're in this rapid, just unbelievably quick, quick paced dating process, but then your brain is going, what's the end of the story? What's the end of the story? So then you feel like, well, it's not working for me because I didn't get the ring or whatever story you've, you've seen on TV or in movies or read in fairy tales since the time you were a little girl, that's not how the story is unfolding. And so I don't like the story that it's telling me about myself. And I think we need to really uh, step away from these stories and remember that we get to write our own stories and that's an amazing opportunity. So like for me, I knew I'm, I'm a boss, babe. I'm, I was, and at the time, like when I started my dating coaching business, I actually, it was my side hustle. I was working in television as a casting director and that was kind of my entree in because I would teach classes for actors and how to market themselves mm, and how to choose headshots go. that would really tell their story and stand out to someone like me. And at the same time, I was online dating and realized profile pick, headshot, first date, audition, same thing. Yep. So I did this as a side business while I was working full-time plus as a television executive. And I knew that 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 pace of lifestyle that that I was always going to be driving and I was like hold on a second if I want to have a partner I'm going to need somebody who's totally on board with also raising the kids who's a 50-50 partner who doesn't have an ego about doing the dishes or cooking like doesn't think in terms of traditional gender roles and yet well so now I've I've built that life I'll say mm -hmm. and my husband really aligns with me in that thinking. But then when, when I'm talking to, to singles, they'll say, Oh, I want to be, I want to be running things. I want to make partner. I want to be vice president. I want to do all these things. And I want to have a kid and I, you know, I want to have it all, but then I also want him to initiate. And I, and I, I, I can't send the first message on a dating app because then that'll upset the rules of chivalry. And I want him to open doors for me and I want him to chase me, but not too much because I don't want him to make me feel uncomfortable. And I'm just like, I I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure that you do know what, yeah. what you want. And I'm not saying that to like discourage. I hope your listeners aren't feeling discouraged right now. I, it's just an invitation to clarify what is the life that you really want to build and how many of these rules that applied to grandma's generation don't apply anymore to you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like you said, it's like, I want them to chase me and I don't want to text first, but it's like, you might have to text first at some point. And guess what? The world is not going to end. No. Like it is going to be okay if you send the first text. And I know for me, one thing I always try and, and really emphasize on this show is that like, I truly don't believe that there are rules in dating because everybody is different and every situation is different. But people grew up thinking that things had to be a certain way and that a certain, like somebody had to make the first move. And that even after, let's say the guy makes the first move, the girl still can't then ask for the second date because the guy has to do it. And to me, that's just crazy. And if you want somebody and you want to end up being with someone, of course, you're going to have to make a little bit of that effort too. Exactly. And 
I have the data to back it up. Like at OkCupid, we're seeing, and and I've worked with Match as well. I've worked with actually pretty much all the dating apps in one capacity or another. But we have, I have said for so long that women need to initiate messaging. I was like, why are we sitting around waiting to get chose like grandma mm-hmm. was when you could be the one doing the choosing? You you will be more satisfied with your match. You will feel like you're having higher higher caliber matches instead of just waiting for a computer algorithm to match you. You know, and I say this having worked with the top dating apps in the world, the computer does not know you. I believe that you are the best person to match for yourself. And a lot of these algorithms try to guess. They try to guess what what you really want based on your behaviors, not necessarily based on the boxes you check, which I'm sure your listeners have experience as you're swiping and you're like, wait, this person's outside of my age range or Mm -hmm. this isn't exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, It's because of who you're actually engaging with, not just because of what parameters that you've set. But from the inside, we see that women who, who really drive the conversation and initiate messages have much higher rates of of satisfaction, have, have relationships that work out, have conversations that go on longer. And I think we just need to completely rewrite that, that rule. And remember that you are dealing with a computer, you're programming an algorithm. The algorithm doesn't have feelings. It doesn't know your life. (laughs) You know, it, 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 you, you have to remember that the, the real dating process is not on the app. That's just the meat. That's the meat cute. The dating process begins when you actually get offline and you're face to face. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I know sometimes people are hesitant to use dating apps. And what I've said to them is like, all it does is make your small world smaller. It just gives you the opportunity to talk to somebody that maybe you wouldn't have talked to before. Or let's say you've passed this person before and you had no idea that maybe they have some of the things that you're looking for. And all it does is give you the opportunity to say, hey, in like an basically organic way. But I do, I mean, I think that's awesome that the research shows that when women actually message first or ask somebody like, hey, like let's exchange numbers, that it works because that's amazing. That's what people need to know. And I, I have experienced where I've either texted first or asked a guy out. And later they've been like, I loved that you did that because girls don't do that. And that made you stand out. That made me more interested in you and more intrigued by you because you actually did it. And I'm so not used to that. And I think that's something where it's so easy. It's not like, it's not like you have to put that much thought into it. It's a sentence. It's a question. And as per usual, seeing other people is, of course, sponsored by the amazing Mindset Wellness CBD. I know you have heard me talk about Mindset Wellness CBD on every episode, but you know what? If you have not gotten Mindset Wellness CBD's CBD gummies, now is the time because now more than ever, we're like starting to get the summer scaries, you know, like the Sunday scaries happen where you're afraid that like Monday's going to come. Like it's literally August and the summer scaries are so real. And I think the thing that's really keeping me in the moment, enjoying my summer, enjoying each day and each week is taking mindset on the CBDs, CBD gummies. I think the happy gummies really helped me just like focus on what makes me happy. And 
the rest gummies are helping me get a good night's sleep instead of thinking that summer's almost over. And same thing with the calm gummies. Like they really just help like take those little things that come into your brain that like might be little annoying thoughts and they just kick them out there, flick them to the side. So if you want to really just be in the right mindset and enjoy the rest of summer, head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com, use code seeing other people that will get you 10% off and free shipping. Trust me, try them. You won't regret it. Right. You d- and a lot of people get caught up in what do I say first? I don't know what to say. I'm really nervous. And r- really, I also have the data to show that it doesn't actually matter that much what you say as a woman specifically. Uh, you could you could literally say, hey, and just because of the gender imbalance, you you will like you like you said, you'll put yourself ahead of the pack because you're just initiating. But I have a really simple formula that is easily repeatable. And I think I've seen really works. It's just a comment plus a question. It's like one sentence, two sentence comment. What did you connect to in their profile question? Something kind of open-ended that inspires a response. But what you have to be thinking of is leaving threads. Like what can I, and both in your profile and in your messages, What can I be leaving for that person to pick up and move the conversation along? Like Mm -hmm. we're not, we're not here for pen pals. Like that was cute in middle school, but like we're really trying to move into a relationship, a connection, sex. I don't know, whatever you're here for, you're trying to actually meet. So drive the conversation forward don't get stuck in, I call it the texting trap because you could Mm -hmm. go back and forth with messages and be like, Oh, he really knows me. Like we really connected. And then you meet in person and you're you're disappointed because you didn't actually know that person. You fell in love with the idea and you tried to tell the end of the story, but that's not what the story was. Absolutely. And with the pen pal thing, do you, I feel like people kind of fell back into the pen pal texting trap because of the pandemic when they couldn't meet up in person. But hopefully now people are kind of reversing that and being like, oh, I can go meet this person. So like, let me not do that and not start this pen pal ship with somebody I just matched with. A bit. Um, I saw actually through the pandemic, there was still such a drive for people to meet up like everybody was at writing into dates and mates like asking for permission basically like can I go on a date I'm like, <laughs> like I don't know okay? can you should yeah. I wear a mask I don't know should you like I'm not I'm right. not a, <laughs> I'm not a health expert <laughs> you have to do you have to do you have to decide what new Dr. Fauci right for you? I know right even now <laughs> even now as we are in the U.S. over 50 percent mm-hmm. I believe vaccination rates Still now people are confused with the Delta variant. It's just, it's confusing. We don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. So you're going to have to judge for you. But I do know that that relationships work out more when you actually can meet face to face. But for at the very least, like a FaceTime, a Zoom, something where you can see one another and have, here's the kicker. It's real time conversation. That is very important. It actually isn't so, isn't as much important that you, that wasn't great English, but you understand where I'm going going with this. Uh, It wasn't, it's not so important that you're face to face right away in person. It's so important that you have synchronous communication. You're talking in real time and you can hear one another and respond right away without 
mm-hmm. ruminating on what their response actually meant, showing it to your girlfriends and yep. everybody at work, right? Texting's fake. Yeah, that you can really have that kinetic response and reaction to one another. So I'm actually a big fan. I'm a big fan, big fan of the phone call. I I love the phone call. I think it's, it's tremendously underutilized in today's dating culture. Um, I like it as a screening step prior to meeting in person. You can do a successful FaceTime Zoom date, but of course you have to be building up to seeing each other face to face. And I actually have had some clients that have met someone a long distance and formed a relationship over, over video chat and then ultimately met in person. And we can talk about how to, how to make that happen. Cause there's a series <laughs> of steps you should follow best practices I can offer, but you know, ideally you want to be meeting in person, but if you're not doing a screening step, this was the biggest thing prior to the pandemic that I was seeing is people just text, 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 text. And it's like, let's meet. And I saw less of that in the pandemic, of course, because people were using the video chat as a screening step. But I think that screening step is really crucial to not burning out and wasting your time on dates. Yeah, without a doubt. I know sometimes people get so exhausted because they're going on these dates. They're using all of their free time to go on dates and they're not even sometimes getting to second dates. It's just first date, first date, first date. And like one thing that people don't even talk about that often is the first date script. And you're just telling the same story over and over. And it's exhausting. (laughs) And of course, you're going to get burnt out. Of course, you're going to think start to think that something's wrong with you for it not working out. But when you're in that mode, it's probably not going to work out because you're not even really giving it a fair chance. You're not giving each date like 110% of you. You're just like, okay, like you're probably going into it with the mindset that it's not going to work out, which is never a good thing to begin with. But I think if you're doing that, it's all going to end up getting wrapped up together and you're not even really going to be able to enjoy the process. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that step in between is a really great thing. And it's a great thing that the pandemic normalized. I'm not going to lie. I was disappointed. Not a single person during the pandemic asked me to do a virtual date. And I wanted to. And I was talking about virtual dating on the podcast and in in the Hinge content that I was putting out. I was giving people advice on it, but I had never actually done it because it didn't happen. And yes, again, works both ways. I could have asked someone to do it, but I feel like because that I never had that like first one where like nobody was bringing it to me. I felt like, Oh no, if they're not bringing it to me, maybe they don't want to. I don't know. Well, (laughs) it's, it kind of goes back to that question of like, are you driving? (laughs) Are you driving the train or are you riding on the train? Right. Right. So I think, um, an important element to remember is that you're always, you're responsible for your own good time, right? Yeah. So you you are always in control of ending a date early if you don't feel comfortable or if you're not feeling feeling a connection. You're in charge of um of driving the conversation. And gosh, I, I right you're right on with the first that with the first date script. Like, oh, how exhausting is that? I like it's even terrible. just thinking it, yeah, just thinking about it, I'm exhausted. But you can choose different topics. You can choose a different script. And 
what I have my clients do is I have them stop. Um, if you're caught up in the momentum and you're having the same conversations all the time and you fo- you're feeling like you're falling into the script, take a break. Like, honestly, yeah. take a break. And then come back to it at a time when you can give 110%, as you said. And with my coaching program, I give them, I say three months, commit just three months to this process. A month is honestly not enough to get the momentum up and, Mm -hmm. and you will experience peaks and valleys. And a lot of times people will say to me, I swear this happens every time, Alana, six weeks in, like, I'll take you through the timeline. Two weeks in, they're like, wow, this is amazing. You refresh my profile. I'm getting all of these options. I'm really excited. Look at all these people who are out here. I'm going on all these dates. And then they're still dating some people four weeks in and it's still exciting. And then like the the, um, options start to wane and you start seeing the same people, right? And then six weeks later, they're, they're messaging me like, I don't know what to do. I, there's no one out here. It's not working. I'm super frustrated. And then literally within two to four weeks, they're saying, I met someone. Now we're starting to see each other exclusively. And most of my clients, 90% of my clients by the end of 12 weeks are dating somebody exclusively, which is an insane, it's an insane, it's insane to me even. And it, I, I'd love to take credit for it and be like, it's because my system <laughs> is so perfect. Um, which it is of course. But in addition to that, it's that they are committing that, you know, they're investing in themselves. They're investing in the dating coaching process. And they're like, okay, I got three months to make this work. So I'm going to focus my mind on taking this seriously. And there's just too much of like, I'll just create a profile, dip my toe in the water, see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's no wonder that if you're doing it that way and you're just in the slog and the momentum of it and you're not having any fun on the dates, I say plan a date that you'd actually want to go on. You don't have to do a dinner date. You probably really shouldn't. You don't have to spend three hours on every date. Spend an hour, keep it cute, leave leave them wanting more and leave something to build up to. And if it's not fun, don't do it. Yeah, I love that. And shout out to Mindset Wellness CBD. Chances are you are listening to this in the morning and you might be feeling a little groggy. You may not have slept well last night or you might be like really intimidated by the whole workday that you have ahead of you if it's a weekday or if you work on the weekends, whatever it may be. I am telling you that Mindset Wellness CBD's CBD gummies will change however you are feeling right now. If you're feeling exhausted because you didn't get a good night's sleep, you have to try the rest gummies. Or if you're feeling like you have a mountain of a to-do list ahead of you, the focus gummies will help you crush through that. And if you're feeling like just anxious in general about it being a work day or that you have so much to do and all of these plans and all this stuff, the Calm gummies really help make all of those unnecessary thoughts about how stressed you are, just go away. And they're great. CBD, if you aren't familiar with it, it doesn't get you high. It doesn't have any like side effects. It really is so great. All of their products, their gummies are gluten-free, non-GMO, vegan, organic, and they taste absolutely incredible. So please try them if you haven't yet. MindsetWellnessCBD.com. And obviously, use the code seeing other people at checkout so you can get yourself 10% off and free shipping. And shipping prices are crazy these days. So that's a really big deal. And 
we could keep going on and on and on about so many things, but let's touch on a little bit of what I think we plan to talk about. Cause you brought up that at the end of the, uh, the three months, a lot of your clients, most of them are now dating somebody exclusively. So how do they transition? Cause I really wanted to talk about exclusivity today. And I, because that's something that a lot of the seeing other people listeners keep writing in about, and like, how are these transitions happening from being on a few dates, like things going well to then actually being exclusive? And does exclusive mean the same thing to everyone? I know a big question that comes up is, is being in a relationship the same thing as being exclusive or are they different? So I'm curious what you've seen and, and what trends you've seen in that and how people are really getting to that point. Because I think that is the first step in saying like, this is something real. First, let me just clarify the rules of dating today. The expectation is that you are seeing other people. <laughs> to, ding, you ding, like, ding. You can see what I did there? Um, it actually was totally unintentional, but I liked it. You know, it never used to happen, and now it keeps happening all the time, <laughs> and I love it. So you're seeing other people until you declare that you are exclusive. That is the default now. It in, Other times in history, even like when I began as a dating coach, that was maybe not necessarily the case. And I had to get people on board with that philosophy. And certainly in other countries, I saw that that was not the case. But that is the norm now. And thank you, online dating, for opening that door. (laughs) I Again, opportunity, opportunity. I think it's awesome that you, you can choose, you can filter. Now, I know for some people, they're like, but Demona... I don't like that because I like to take my time getting to know people. I can't focus on multiple people at once. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You, no one's, you're not forced to date other people, but you are, do not, do not go into it with the expectation that you are exclusive with that person unless you have had that conversation. So what if you're like 10 dates in and you're like, yeah, there's no way. Like, of course we're, just seeing each other. Is there ever a situation where it's okay to assume that? No, it's never okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Louder. Wait, Say but, it 20 more times. <laughs> I mean, in general, we need to be communicating more with our dates and partners. And there's so much fear around. I don't want to come off as desperate. I don't want to look like I'm trying too hard. I don't want to look like I really need this or want this. So I'm just going to play it cool. And we're all just playing it so cool that things aren't happening. I write for the Washington Post as well for this uh, column called Date Lab, which is basically just a matchmaking column. And I'm not there as a dating coach. I am there just to report what happened. It's a he said, she said. And I had this article that I wrote where there was a clear... This misunderstanding in how they ended the date. He Uh-oh. said, right? It's and it's so simple. And I can see it from the outside, but I'm like, I can't say anything because that's not my job. Um, he heard, hey, if you're around in my neighborhood anytime and you want to hang out, here's my number. She said, or thought she said, here's my number. There are a lot of cool things to do where I live. You should reach out. Damn. That's a huge misunderstanding. So in his mind, he leaves the date thinking, well, she really wasn't that into it. And, you know, he said to me, I'm not just dating just to date. I really am looking for a serious relationship. So if she's just like, yeah, whatever, we can hang out. I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I want. And if she had just been a little bit more direct, he would, 
he would have had a very different experience of that. And who knows what would have happened. Right. And I'm sure she was like, I don't want, I want to like let him know that I'm interested in seeing him again, but I don't want to be too direct because I don't want to scare him away. And it's this little dance that we think we have to play, but we, it's, it's not what we should do. Like the more you can openly just like upfront, straightforward communication, the easier every single part about dating will be. Right. And what do you lose? That's the real question. What do you lose by telling someone they're really cool. You're really enjoying getting to, to know them and you'd love to see them again. How, how is that? I, I, I honestly, maybe you can explain it to me, Alana. I, oh, no, I, I don't can't. understand what you actually lose by being upfront. Absolutely nothing. You, you put yourself out there. You're either, you're going to get an answer. If you do that, it will either be like, yes, I would also love to, or actually like I had a great time doing this, but I don't feel the connection I'm looking for. And then you don't have to sit there wondering what they're thinking because you know, and whether they told it to you in that moment or a week later, their decision, their answer wasn't going to change. The only thing that changed is that you now know, and you are now empowered to move forward and on with your life. Right. And on the flip side of that too, if you're not into it, it's just so much easier to communicate that you know, if you, if you can't do it face to face, which is always like the best way for human connection, at least text them and let them know, like, don't leave them on red. Don't no. just ghost. Everyone says to me, I hate getting ghosted. How do I stop getting ghosted? And then I'm like, well, has there been anyone that you've ghosted? Where are you ghosting? And then we realize, well, I ghosted that person, but I wasn't into him. Right. And we make we make it okay when we do it, but we don't want it in return. So demonstrate the behavior that you would like. And even if it's not like directly in that conversation, it creates the energy around you that you will get directness back Mm -hmm. in return if you're able to be. And it's not like you have to be be like super serious and and intense about it. You could just let them know, like, this is cool. I really want to see you again. And then you have, if you have a clear, if you put out a clear goal or hope and you get, then you can get a clear response back. And believe me, like, yes, I'm, I'm now married, but I have been through it. And I actually did uh, the most like raw and open, um, share, uh, I I've done publicly on the call map. I, I wrote a piece about how I was in this, like, let's just honestly call it a situationship. It, it really like was nothing more than that, but it was like four years of my life on again, off yep. again. And I, I was working with a coach and I got the courage to just be like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. It's energy that I'm expending out to be in this situationship and not know where it's going. Like literally think you have a finite amount of energy and all that time you're spending wondering about that person, you know, that friend with benefits, that situationship, wondering where it's going. And if you just express what you want, get clear first on what you want, because sometimes we're in momentum. And then we're like, wait, I actually don't like that person. I just thought Mm -hmm. I should like that person. Or I thought that, well, by now I should be in a serious relationship or I should be getting married. So that's, I mean, I've had that even with a client. I'm I'm telling like multiple stories at the same time. Let me finish my story. Then I'll tell my client's story. My story. I'll tell my story that's similar to your story. (laughs) So I, I just was like, this is what I need. This is what I want. And he was like, can't do it. Like, like, 
you're you're awesome, but I I can't really be in a like exclusive committed relationship. And I was devastated. Believe me, I was devastated because of the t- story I had told myself mm-hmm. that w- flew in the face of every fact that was on the table in front of me. Like, of well, course, yeah, he didn't want to that- be with me. Right. But but like how <laughs> on the flip side of that, though, how does that this happen, though, where sometimes like they are treating you exactly the way that like a uh, committed significant other would treat you. And then they say, you know, I don't want it. I can't commit. I don't want this Like because that happens, too. And that's what blows my mind, because sometimes like we end up like I've been in that situation where I've met people like guys like friends and I've met their parents and then they're like, like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I'm like, you have been spending five nights a week with me telling me your deep, like deepest, darkest secrets, whole life history. What do you, for months now, what do you mean? And then I feel like I'm crazy and delusional. You're not crazy and delusional, but you have your, your vision of what those things mean to you, maybe based on relationship models that you've been exposed to or, whatever inputs are telling you five nights a week means we are exclusive and he wants a relationship. Cause that's a, two different things. Like right. I'm right now only seeing you. And this was actually a really important thing to clarify in the pandemic. There's a difference between I'm only seeing you and I want to build an exclusive relationship, maybe leading towards cohabitation, marriage, kids, whatever the end goal is for you. Those are two different conversations, right? right? Especially now because there's the, I'm not seeing other people because like maybe we could catch a virus that would kill us if we did. Right. Yes. And I, I have the same vision for how I want to live my life and the future goals. Two different things. Correct. That is different. So you're, you're not right. crazy. He just had a different story in his head and was like, oh, yeah. these things mean I'm like, just you know, hanging out with her, hanging out with her. Like I get to have sex maybe with a really attractive woman and my life's good. <laughs> I hate everyone. I hate everyone's Mona. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just everyone. I know. We, we have to acknowledge that as we open up to us having the story, telling the story we want to tell and getting what we want that other people. Right. And yeah, yeah, it sucks. Like it really sucked to hear, no, this is like, this is working for me in the situationship. So we can keep going like this, but like, no, like you want a relationship and like to be moving forward and you want it to move past this point. Right. (laughs) I don't know why it took four years to get through my thick skull on and off, but I really just needed him. I needed to ask him a direct question and get a direct answer of no. And honestly, I feel like had I not had that conversation, I would not have been ready for the relationship that I'm in now. I met my husband like three months later and I had that door fully closed. And if it had been open a crack... Mm-hmm. I, I would have had a fallback plan. My head would have been in comparison mode. I hear that a lot too. Like, how do I not compare this person to my ex? Or I like this person. Like, we'll catalog them in relationship to people that we've known before. Like, well, I like right. this about them, but they don't do this. And this person used to do this. And it's like, no, 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 this is your own. This isn't, this is separate. This is not yeah. the same situation there. Unless you notice a pattern of constantly replaying and replaying and replaying. So really quick, my client's story is that she was in a relationship that was like 
out of the gate, he was super effusive. And he was just like, he had like this grand romantic gesture and he like chased her car down and was like, you know, roll down your window. And he kissed her through the window the first time they met. It was just like dramatic, right? He was always like very, very forthcoming with how much he cared about her. And they, their relationship progressed. And, you know, two years later they got, they moved in, they got married. And then right after they got married, she was like, I think I made a mistake. I, I don't, I don't think I want to be married to this guy. And I was like, it's new, you know, big transitions, like stick with it. And she really meant it. Six months later, they were divorced. Wow. And it was that she wasn't really, she never took the time to stop and look inward and say, what do I want from my life? And what do I want from this relationship? And is this the person like, I know that's the story I want, but is this the person to do it? Or is this just a person who's here? Happy ending to the story, Alana. (sighs) A few years (laughs) later, she let me revise her profile. She ended up meeting a man three three months later. Within three months after that, they were living together. And then within a couple months after that, they were engaged. And then almost to the day of their first meeting they got married they now have a baby they now have the life that she really wanted but she had built it with the wrong person initially and if she hadn't been courageous enough to acknowledge that she would be stuck right now in an unhappy marriage and instead she has you know her dream situation and the life that she really wanted so yeah if that's if that's not encouraging to speak up and speak your truth I don't know what is. No, I love those examples of why it's so important to stop and think about what you want and in every situation, because I similarly was in a four-year-long situationship, literally from like first semester freshman year of college until graduation day. And it was with this guy who was like my best, best friend, but I knew that he was in love with me and I kept flip-flopping. Like I'm in love with him. No, I just love him as a friend. No, but like, I should be in love with him. He treats me so well. Like, why can't I just like go for it and be happy with him? Like, it'll be great. It'll be the relationship I want. And I could never get myself to be fully in or out. And I mean, I put this kid through absolute hell. Like I feel terrible. I feel like every bad thing that's happened to me in my dating life is a result of the torture that I put onto him, which like, I don't really believe in karma, but I just, sometimes I like, (laughs) I think about that. Um, and it took until literally I was driving back up to school my, for my last time I had like a month left and I had one of my best childhood friends, Erica in the seat next to me. And she, wasn't graduating, but I was. And she was like, do you have any regrets? Like, is there anything that you wish you did differently? And I was like, the only thing I wish I did was give this a 100% real chance to figure out if it was going to work or not. And so I got back to school and I did do that. And I was like, okay, let's be together. Like we only have a few weeks left. Let's just fucking do it. I realized within a week that it wasn't, that it wasn't right. And it took me four years to really say, like, let me give this a real chance and see. And by once I finally did, it was the easiest, like, no, this is not what I want for me. Mm-hmm. And like, I wish I had just thought about that and tried it years sooner. Well, you probably thought about it. I would I, imagine you thought about it. It's that you didn't, you didn't, 
Yeah. And you didn't voice it that it's that energy between two people of Mm -hmm. once I said it and it's out there, it's out there. Right. And now he has to deal with it or he has, he gets to tell me where he is. Right. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't want to hear that. So we'd rather stay in limbo. Yeah. And I can definitely relate from that story, but I'll tell you, people always ask me like, how do you know when you know, how do you know? And I just, have really seen in my own experience and with my clients that it really doesn't need to be that hard. I just had a client call me the other day about a very long relationship that she's having a tough time deciding what, what's next. She found out some information about her partner that's really changed how she perceives him. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't go back, right? Like once you know that, what are you going to do with it? And I just, what, what I wanted to tell her, but she wasn't, she couldn't hear. (laughs) She was not ready to hear at that time is just that it, it really shouldn't, it doesn't need to be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. And when I've seen clients that have stepped into these great relationships, like the one I was saying, who her second marriage was everything like there was no hesitation. There was no question. When my husband asked me to marry him, it wasn't like, I don't know. <laughs> right. It was like, of course, of course we're doing this. Of course we're building this life. And of course it's not easy. It's not right. just frictionless and just this, you know, the same every day. You have peaks and you have valleys, but it's about that commitment between the two people of we are both in this a hundred percent. And you talked earlier about the being a hundred percent or 110%, you know, in your dating life and on your dates, you have to be 110% also in your relationship. And that's when relationships have trouble and people get, get experience upset and betrayal and frustration, because if you're not both a hundred percent in, then you're not working together on solutions to the little problems. And if you're not working to solutions on the, to working towards solutions on the little problems, you're not working towards solutions on the big problems. And eventually they become the bigger element of your relationship than the bond between the two of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's been really interesting. I know for me, I've gone through so many pretty terrible relationship experiences and dating experiences. And I've, I spent the past year, like year and a half, like really thinking about them and learning from them. And through all of the episodes I've done, like it's made me really reflect on them. And so now I think for the first time ever, like I am in a healthy relationship where it like, we are like equal partners and we're both giving all of our like effort and all of ourselves into it. And it's, it's just night and day from anything I've experienced before. And I just like, I'm, I don't wish I didn't have the experiences that I had, like as terrible as they were, as awful as I felt, I'm really glad that they gave me like all of the teachable moments and all of these things that I had to deal with to get to where I am now so that I can appreciate what I have now. Absolutely. And I really believe that each interaction you have, whether in dating relationships, they teach us something. They teach us, they're an opportunity to learn more about yourself, what you do want, what you don't want, how to improve your communication skills, how to be a person of integrity, how to have empathy and compassion. That's something 
2021, I am really huge on adopting this empathetic style of dating Mm -hmm. and to really have compassion for yourself and the person that you're meeting. Like you get a chance to build all of those skills and whether you're 30 or 35 or 40 or however, you know, and I know a lot of times people are like, I've been doing this for so long, you know, yeah. it's just like, how much empathy can I build? How many learning ex- experiences can I have? Right. But, but, you know, on the other side of it, it really does make sense. It really does mm. make sense. If you take that opportunity to, to be like, I, I just really like looking at dating and relationships from an analytical perspective. Like, okay, well, where's the learning here? Of course I've had disappointments and so have my clients and I've held their hand and, you know, let them cry on my shoulder through it. But at the end of that experience, I really try to reframe it and say, okay, there's a learning here. There's a learning opportunity. Maybe I don't see it right now, but let's try and let that unfold Mm -hmm. and stay in that space instead of, internalizing it. That's where it gets dangerous, you know, where you start saying, well, what is this telling me about my worthiness in a relationship or whether it's possible for me to even have a relationship? What those, those are the dangerous kind of thoughts. So if you try to keep it in, what can I learn here? Like Brene Brown talks about getting, getting critical feedback and saying, take what fits and leave the rest. Like not everything in it was a learning experience. Sure. But what can you take from it as your nugget of wisdom that you can then apply to yourself or to your next relationship going forward? Absolutely. And I also think that that's a really great way of kind of creating closure for yourself. I know I was once struggling with moving forward past a breakup and somebody I was sitting down with was like, well, have you figured out what you learned from the relationship yet? I'm like, no, what do you mean? She's like, well, you're not going to feel better. You're not going to feel like you can start moving on until you really think about it and figure out what you learned, whether positive or negative or about them or about dating or about you. Like you have to figure that out. And that really stuck with me and really helped me through it. Closure is a really tricky thing because we, we chase closure with any relationship. We chase closure and like well, why didn't it work out, Mm -hmm. right? We want an explanation. And something that I always tell my clients and listeners is that you you don't owe anybody an explanation really of anything. An acceptable explanation is uh, it doesn't feel right to me. You can only own your, your feelings and your actions. You can't, you can't always take care of the other person's response or, what they've brought to the table. And sometimes that's just an easier out than trying to be like, well, that time that you, you said that thing to me and you really hurt my feelings. Like maybe that is more than you need to give. It's just like, I, I don't, I can't explain and why exactly. It's just not, it's not a fit for me. And I just have seen that it's helpful to get that closure yourself. Like even if, if that, other person is maybe that's not the outcome they wanted. Right. And they're going to be upset and rail against that. Like you're not responsible for their feelings. You're responsible for how you communicate to them compassionately, but how they handle it, that's not your stuff. You get, you get to say like, I'm going to hold this boundary here, you know, not in so many words, but this is my truth. And I'm living in that. And I don't have to take that. I don't have to explain that. I'm just letting it be. 
That's a really, really hard thing to do. But, you know, you might not get closure from that person face to face and in the way that you want it. Like they might not say, this is why it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like they might not even, they might just ghost. And you have to figure out how can I get closure in this situation, even if I don't hear the words that I want to hear from that person. Yeah. Shit. Dating is hard. (laughs) It is hard. Yes. I, I acknowledge that dating is hard. You know, people say relationships are hard, but I, I, I don't, I don't find it actually hard to be married to my husband. Maybe I just picked somebody that's like super easy. <laughs> He's like super easygoing about everything. But yeah, I really, I want to show up. He inspires me yeah. to be my best self and to keep showing up for myself, for him, for my kids, for my clients. And that's just really what I want for everyone. I only want you to be in relationships that make you better. We shouldn't waste our time on relationships that make us worse. We could do that on our own, right? (laughs) So true. (laughs) Beyond true. Truer words have never been said. Right. But if you just put a little bit of a process around it, I mean, it's so funny when you think about it. The person that you choose to partner with is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Mm -hmm. It affects your finances, your family, your maybe your career, like your mental health. It literally affects everything. And yet it's the one decision that we leave to chance. Yeah. So take a little bit of those skills that maybe you've developed professionally or, you know, that you apply to other major choices in your life and apply those to dating. And I bet you'll start to feel that things are happening in a different way. For sure. Well, Demona, thank you so much for joining us. I, I feel like we could actually go on for hours considering we didn't even talk about anything that was planned, but that's great. Um, why don't you let the listeners know where they can find you, where they can hear more from you? Because I think everyone's going to flock right over there after this. I hope so. I love helping people in love and I do it every week on the Dates and Mates podcast. We have new episodes every Tuesday, season nine, uh, just released. And then datesandmates.com. I have lots of goodies. Like I have a free profile starter kit. If you're like, I don't know what to put in my profile. I got you. Even if you think you know what to put in your profile, check it out because you might be wrong. You're you're probably wrong, but (laughs) it's just there to make it. I just want to make this process easier for people. So that's at datesandmates.com as well as like other, other goodies and other episodes. And then I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Damona Hoffman. Amazing. All right, Demona, thank you so much. And to everyone who tuned in, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.